All right, put your hands together for Jesus. We serve a mighty God. Thank you so much. Amen. You may take your seats in the presence of the Lord. What an awesome time of worship. Can we appreciate the worship team? Come on. They have gotten us there. You know, there's just such quality, quality music, quality worship coming from this altar. This is not a stage. This is an altar. Amen. Where we worship the Lord. And every time you come under that atmosphere, it's very easy uh, to minister and to flow with what God uh, has in store for us. I want us to, before I share anything, I just want to thank God for uh, Pastor Catherine, Pastor Tom, wherever they are. Uh, we just love you and honor you. I'm looking at the camera. I think it's right over there. We love you and we honor you and we're praying for you wherever you are that the grace of God will continue to abound. Can we just appreciate pastor, our pastors, our, the mama and papa of this house. Amen. And all the leaders that are here, I didn't come by myself. I came with uh, Ian. Ian and I, we've been traveling for more than six years, I believe. Why don't you stand up, Ian, and uh, just can we appreciate Ian? He is the embodiment of the ministry of helps. Let me just say that. Without him, I will not be able to do what I, what I do. Because sometimes you pour out and, and uh, the last thing you want to do is jump into a car and drive for two hours. How many of you know what I'm talking about? And uh, we have been to New South Wales. We've been to Tamworth. I remember one time coming from casino with a group of us and nearly running out of fuel. I didn't know service stations close in some of those back roads. Amen. Thank you, Lord. We learned our lesson. So we've been all over the place, driving up and down, uh, preaching the gospel. And I thank God for uh, the team that God has given us because teamwork makes the dream work. We really need people to be able to partner with us for what God wants to do. Amen. Now tonight, as I was, uh, we were just in a time of worship, a time of prayer. Um, I really sensed the Lord wanted to... Uh, release an impartation uh, for prayer and intercession, especially in the times that we are living in. I mean, the last one week has been a crazy week with what's going on around the world. I want us to stand up on our feet and just ask the Lord to, to burden us with his heart. The way that he, the, you know, the Bible says Jesus took them up to the mountain, to Mount Gethsemane. And the Bible says that, that he said to them, watch and pray, lest you fall into temptation. I want us to the Lord. Lord, we want you to take us up. We want to be able to partner with you in the time of intercession. And I just want to say this, you know, guard your heart during this time. You know, it's not healthy to stand, sit in front of the telly for hours and hours on end and allow that stuff to just absolutely get in on the inside of you. Uh, it, it's not healthy. Spiritually, it, 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 will, it, will, it will hinder us from being able to intercede the way God wants us to uh, be able to intercede. So right now, just begin to pray in the Holy Ghost uh, just over everything that has happened this week. Come on, just go before the Lord and say, Lord, 
just come right now and, and let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's what we want, Lord Jesus. We want your will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. Father, we thank you for peace. We thank you for shalom, for the sake of the preaching of the gospel. Father, we thank you that this world is not going to degenerate into, into chaos of war. War is abhorrent. All war is abhorrent. The souls and the lives being so father god right now we pray in the name of jesus right now god for the shalom of god the peace of god that passes all understanding so lord we are not going to be like the disciples who are in the boat who are running around when the storm came but we we want to right now be like jesus who spoke to the storm and said peace be still and there was a calm that came so father right now we are speaking into the atmosphere as the prophetic church we are speaking peace be still right now Oh, Shanda la brande kezete le brande kete le brande kezete le brande kezete mama mama baba Father, we take authority over the spirit of conflict, the spirit of 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 division and contention and war. Father, we come against it right now in the mighty name and blood of Jesus. We arrest the powers of darkness right now in the name of Jesus, and we pray, Father God, for shalom, shalom. The the peace of God that passes all understanding. Father, we pray for Jerusalem. We pray for the Middle East. We pray for that region. Let the peace of God reign in that place for the sake of the preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we counsel any kind of, of word speaking about third world war. We counsel it in the name of Jesus. There's still a lot of work to be done. So Father, we pray. Lord, for an extension of time so that we can go to the four corners of the earth. We may continue to preach the gospel. We may continue to accelerate and to run with endurance the race that has been set before us. So right now, we decree and declare what the, what the motion that has already begun, let it be stopped right now. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, let peace reign. Father God, we ask you for more time so we can share the gospel we can preach the gospel come on just pray in the holy ghost for a minute right now we bind bloodshed right now we bind every kind of bloodshed in the name of jesus father we thank you that you're releasing the hosts of heaven right now into those regions right now in the name of Jesus to defeat and to pull down and to destroy every agenda of the enemy even at this time in the name of Jesus and father we thank you Australia 
will not be dragged into it. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that the nations of this world will not be dragged into it. Right now, we pray that China will not take opportunity to invade Taiwan. Father, we don't want this thing to escalate. In the name of Jesus, we thank you right now that what's happening with Russia and Ukraine, peace right now. Peace in the name of Jesus. And we pray, Father God, Lord, let things not degenerate to the place of chaos on this planet. Give us more time. We pray, God, that we may continue to advance the gospel. We may continue to advance the gospel. Lord, we're not looking to any nation. We're not looking to any president. We are looking to you, Jesus, the Prince of Peace. Without you, there is no peace. Without you, there is no safety. We look to you, Jesus. We ask you to come. We ask you to come. Come, Lord Jesus. Ropo cosata la brande rebesikirianda la brando robosata. Rekete le brando robosikili brando robosata la bracata la bande. Rekesete le branda commando lo brande kezete le brande. Lord, let no other opportunistic nation rise up at this time to try and make a move. We decree and declare, Father God, right now in the name of Jesus, that the agenda of the enemy is canceled. The agenda of the enemy is being resisted for the sake of the gospel. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, Father, we thank you for the shalom. Somebody shout, peace be still. Peace be still. Come on, begin to prophesy. Begin to say, peace be still. Peace be still. Peace be still. Peace be still. In the name of Jesus, somebody shout, amen. Hallelujah. You may take your seats in the presence of the Lord. Amen. I believe these are the shaking spoken of, even in Habakkuk, that the Lord is going to cause that the, the nations to come to the Lord. They're going to begin to draw near to him. I believe with everything that is happening right now, the eyes of the nations will begin to look to Jesus. The Bible says, when you see all these things, then look up for your redemption draws nigh. Hallelujah. I want us to go to 2 Corinthians chapter 12. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. And we're going to look at verse 2 to verse 6. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Verse 2 to verse 6. I had another word that I had prepared. And during worship, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and he said, I want you to share with the people of God about your visitation to the throne room. Hallelujah. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 2 to verse 6. He says, I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago, whether in the body I do not know or whether out of the body I do not know, God knows. Such a one was caught up to the third heaven. And I know such a man, whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know. 
God knows how he was caught up into paradise and heard inexpressible words, which is not lawful for a man to utter. Of such a one I will boast, yet of myself I will not boast, except in my infirmities. For though I might desire to boast, I will not be a fool, for I will speak the truth. But I refrain, lest anyone should think of me above what he sees me to be, or hears from me. Father, we ask you to speak to us tonight. I ask you to encourage a weary soul. I ask you to bind up the brokenhearted. I ask you to give purpose to those who have lost purpose. I ask you to give joy to those who have lost their joy. Give hope to those who have lost their hope. Give strength to those who have lost their strength. Through this message, through this word, I ask you that you will stir up a spiritual hunger in each and every one of us for the miraculous. A hunger for the supernatural like never before. That we will be able to do the works of God. Not just preach about the works of God. Not just talk about it. For the kingdom is not just in word, but in power. And Paul said, my preaching and my teaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in the demonstration of power. So Lord, we thank you that this night we are graduating from just preaching to demonstrations. We will have both in the mighty name of Jesus. So Lord, we make room for you in our lives right now to expand us. We make room for you in our souls, in our spirit to increase us, to enlarge, to enlarge our capacity. That we may be able to have more in Jesus' mighty and holy name. Somebody say amen. Now in all my life, um, I usually uh, tend to uh, admire and envy in, in, in some ways. Uh, those of you that tend to have a lot of visions. And you get to see a lot of uh, spiritual experiences along those lines. Uh, for me, in my life, I've had, obviously, you know, through uh, the Lord does give people, you know, impressions, spiritual impressions where you can see things or feel things, where you can, he can communicate to you prophetically about something, you know, through pictures and that sort of thing. But in all my life, I've only ever had two open visions, Two open visions. I've always prayed and asked God for more, but the Lord hasn't granted me that. But two times in my life, and both times I was 14 years old. Now, obviously, um, you know, as people who are prophetic, yes, you will pray and you can have prophetic experiences. And, and especially when the world of knowledge is operating, you will tend to see pictures and prophetic pictures and, and things like that. But I have never, uh, I've only twice in my entire life I've ever come to that place where I've had an open vision. And when I talk about an open vision, you know, there is, uh, there's different types of visions. There's, there's trances, there's, there's opportunities where the Lord can actually get you to a place where you're caught up in the spirit. You know, the Bible tells us here regarding Paul, it says, I know a man uh, in Christ who 14 years ago, whether in the body I do not know, or whether out of the body I do not know. There are certain spiritual experiences when God ushers you into those experiences, you can't even tell whether that was a vision or a dream because you are literally there. You are literally walking and experiencing. It's a 3D effect. How many of you know what I'm talking about? 
That level of, of, of visitation from God, I've only ever had that happen to me twice. And I felt the Lord say to me, I want you to share with my people uh, those two experiences. And the second experience, the Lord actually gave me a message to the church, to the body of Christ when I was 14 years old. And I'm going to share with you what those three messages were. I have carried those messages in my spirit uh, for as long as I have, I, have, I have lived and I have shared them as the Spirit of God has led me to share them in different places, in conferences, in different nations uh, to help the body of Christ rise up, especially in the area of prayer and intercession because those three instructions really pertain to the, in the area of prayer and intercession because that's primarily one of the things that God has called me to do in the body of Christ, which is to, to impart but also to, to teach the body of Christ, not just uh, prayer and in the session but spiritual warfare and so when I was about 14 years old now let me just talk a little bit about Paul at this time he talks about himself here he says 14 years ago he knew a man uh, who had an experience and actually some theologians tell us that f what had happened 14 years ago if you read the book of Acts uh, there was a time the Jews grabbed Paul and took him outside the city and they stoned him to death they piled rocks on top of him those guys stoned him and after they were done they, they left and went into the city and uh, the Bible says the believers came out and came around him and they began to pray and Paul rose up now let me just say this if the Jews stone you you are as good as dead amen hallelujah they were professional rock throwers how many of you know what I'm talking about they knew how to throw rocks. So they didn't, they, they killed Paul. There's no way they would have walked away without Paul not having died. So he must have died. That was his near-death experience 14 years before. Because when the believers came and they prayed, they really prayed for his resurrection. And I believe that that's probably where he came back. And, and he had had some experiences while they were throwing rocks at him. When they were stoning him, they were trying to kill him. He had an experience. And he begins to describe this experience it says that it was so real to him that he did not know whether it was in the flesh or in the spirit to him it felt like he was in heaven body and all that's how it felt to him that to the point whereby he said I don't know whether this person uh, what he experienced and what he saw in the glory whether it was in the spirit or whether it was in the flesh there's certain experiences you can step into whereby it is almost like three dimensional you have stepped into a visit Meditation uh, from God. Now, when I was 14 years old, I started out my ministry uh, when I was 11 years old. And I started preaching the gospel at the age of 11. I had a team of about uh, two that I started sharing the gospel to. They're the ones who led me to the Lord. They led me to Jesus. And the next day, I started to disciple them. And, uh, and by the time I was about 14 years old, my group had already grown to about uh, 12. And then I got filled with the Holy Spirit at the age of uh, 14. I remember remember going home from school. At this time, I had never been to any other uh, uh, church. I'd never been to a, you know, my parents were very, very angry and upset with me that I'd given my heart to Jesus, that I, that I was born again. 
because they were Catholic. They were very strong Catholic uh, folk. And, and our family was extremely Catholic. I mean, my great uncle is a bishop in the Catholic church. You don't get any more Catholic than that. Amen. My dad wanted to become a priest, but he saw my mom and fell in love with my mom. Praise God. Otherwise, I would not be here today. And he ended up becoming a doctor, a medical doctor, a surgeon. And, uh, and so they were very, very strong Catholics. And when I gave my heart to Jesus, they were pretty upset with me. They thought that I, they felt that I had become the, 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 the white sheep of the family. Bless God. <laughs> I know black sheep, praise God. I was washed in the blood. Amen. They were the black sheep in the family. And so they got mad at me. They got upset with me. They had family conferences and all that sort of stuff to try and, 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 and help me out of my confusion. They told me that you need to get unsaved. You need to, to, to go back. And, 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 and I was given conditions and that sort of thing. And, and things were very difficult for me. But when I was 14 years old, I remember coming home. And, uh, and when I came home uh, from school, I just put my bag on the floor and I jumped on my bed and opened my Bible to Acts chapter 2 and I began to read when the day of Pentecost had fully come the believers were together in one accord suddenly there came a sound like that of a mighty rushing wind I'm reading this in the Bible and as I'm reading this lying on my bed a wind began to blow in the room and the curtain started to go like this even with the windows shut and I remember sitting up and something boom, hit me in the chest and I fell back down and I just started speaking in tongues I was filled with the Holy Spirit. I knew that what had happened to me was connected to what I had just read in the scriptures. So I remember standing up. My mom was in the kitchen. She called me and I got up and I was trying to walk and I was so drunk trying to hold on to the walls. And you know, there was no TBN. There was no God TV uh, in Kenya at that time that we had access to. I did not have any kind of way to grow myself spiritually or to even understand what had just happened to me. So I thought to myself that I, have, I, I had discovered something that nobody on planet earth had ever discovered discovered. To me, that's how sheltered and naive I had become. And so I went to my young uh, group, uh, but this time there was about 12 uh, of us and we used to meet in the corner of the school. We would, I would put, we'll put rocks in a circle and we'll sit and I would teach them and I would preach to them and I would share Jesus with them. And so I went to these young guys, these young kids, and I said to them, I said, guys, guess what? Something happened to me yesterday that was absolutely out of this world. I have just discovered something that nobody on planet earth knows anything about. You see, I knew about the Father, I knew about Jesus, but I never knew about the Holy Ghost. Because in the Catholic Church, we didn't call him the Holy Spirit, we called him the Holy Ghost. And as an African young boy, the word ghost freaked me out. How many of you know what I'm talking about? You don't mess around with ghosts in Africa. There's some stuff there. Amen. Voodoo and all that was born there. So I stayed away from the Holy Ghost. I love the Father. I love Jesus. I didn't want nothing to do with the Holy Ghost. So when that happened to me, I just thought I had discovered something that nobody in the planet knew. That's how sheltered I was. So I said to my 12 little disciples, I said to them, listen, for me to share with you what happened, because they wanted to know what, I, what had happened to me. I said to them, if you want me to share with you what has just happened, 
happened to me. You need to fast for seven days. And so that because I felt it was so sacred, you don't just share it. Amen. So we started fasting, all of us. And for seven days, we did not eat anything. We were drinking water and eating a little bit of biscuit every day. We were skinny. We couldn't even walk straight. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Every day they would look at me and say, tell us, what did you discover? I would say to them, five more days to go. Next day, tell us, what did you have? I said, three more days to go. Tell us, what did the one more day to go? By the seventh day, these poor kids was, couldn't even walk straight. We were nearly falling over. We were dry fasting. We just had a little bit of water every day and a little bit of biscuit. And I remember on the seventh day, we came to around that place and these poor kids had been not eaten for seven days. I had not eaten for seven days. I opened my Bible to Acts chapter 2 to tell them about this brand, this, this revelation that I just received. And I began to read when the day of Pentecost had fully come, the believers were together in one accord. Suddenly there came a sound like that of a mighty rushing wind. And as I'm reading that passage, the same wind that blew in my bedroom began to blow in the corner of the school. And those kids were not just filled with the Holy Ghost. They were absolutely baptized. It was, I mean, they were not speaking in tongues. They were roaring in tongues. They fell on the grass and they started rolling. That's where the holy, holy rollers come from. They were rolling back and forth. It was holy pandemonium chaos. All the other kids, about 1,500, were out there playing skip ropes and, you know, playing games. And, you know, it was lunchtime. We were having our meeting. All the kids were playing, you know, soccer, hopscotch, all that stuff. And uh, they looked and they saw these kids rolling on the grass under the power of the Holy Ghost. And they stopped playing football and soccer. They came to the corner of the school. And all of a sudden, the same atmosphere that was on us started to come upon them. This little 12 disciples stood up and they started going for it. In the name of Jesus, receive. Demons started coming out of kids. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Breakthroughs started happening. Before long, 300 kids were under the power of the Holy Spirit all over the field. There was about 1,500 kids in that school. The teachers were in the staff room having their cup of tea during break. And one of them looked out of the window and the kids had all stopped playing and skipping rope. And they were all congregated on the at the corner of the school. And they thought there was a big punch-up happening. That's what they thought. And so the teacher on duty came out and he had a big bamboo stick. You remember those days? The road of correction, you know, that, you know, the Bible says foolishness is in the heart of a child, but the road of correction will drive it out of them. They used to believe that scripture back in the day. <laughs> Bless God. So he comes out of the staff room with this big old stick and he comes out and, uh, and when he gets there, he says, who's responsible for this? But this time there's 500 kids, demons coming out, out under the power of the Holy Ghost, under this, in this place. And somebody pointed, they all pointed their fingers at me. They said, this guy right here. <laughs> Hallelujah. So we were frog marched to the principal's office. And we were beaten up. I mean, we were flogged. We were, we were, we were treated 
poorly. They said, what are you doing to the school? You have created a chaos in the school because the kids are not studying anymore. They're crying all the time. They're praying. Nobody's playing hopscotch and jumping rope. At lunchtime, they're all going to little corners. They start praying and crying to God and, and rocking. What have you done to our school? Hallelujah. And so after one month of being tortured by the school administration, I was afraid they were going to call my family, my parents. My parents had no idea what I was doing in school. Because I'd been banned from talking to even my brothers and sisters, lest I, I confuse them with the confusion that I had. They didn't want me to infect them with Jesus, bless God. So they were quarantined from me. How many of you know what I'm talking about? And so at that time, I was afraid. I was thinking, Lord, please help us. And so after one month, they were waiting for the school to come back to normal. And the school was not normal. Everything was chaotic. And so finally, they decided, we're going to have a staff meeting to talk about what has happened. They called me out of the room. They called my accomplices. There was three of us that got caught and arrested that day. The other ones kind of ran away, bless God. And we never dubbed them in. And so they called us and they had a staff meeting. And in the staff meeting, the principal called the, it was the PTA, called the parents and, and some of the, the teachers and they said, listen, we want you to tell us, we want to make some decisions whether we are going to expel Jimmy and his group and get rid of them from the school because of what they have done. They have brought confusion to our school. And so they said, we're gonna, we need the teachers to all tell us what they think because we are deliberating what we're going to do. So one teacher stood up and he said, I don't know whether we should keep them or send them away but one thing I can tell her I can say is that little Philip that used to steal other kids money is just given up stealing and Fred who used to go to the corner of the school and smoke cigarettes he's, he's given up smoking and all these teachers for one and a half hours they got up and they started giving testimonies after testimonies after testimonies after testimonies of the transformation that had happened in the school and then one teacher got up and said I gave them a math test and before they used to fail and fail but this time they all passed nearly the entire class passed and they said it is miraculous when the principal had that he said this is a good thing bless God amen <laughs> hallelujah when they came out of there, they came to me and they said, you know, go back to class and come back and we'll tell you which room, which hall you can use for your meetings. And so they gave me the school hall and we began to do our meetings there. And 1,500 kids gave their hearts to Jesus. We had teachers in the group. Come on, somebody. Give God praise. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory be to God. And so I had a group of three people that I used to pray with. I used to pray with Anthony, and I used to pray uh, with Peter, and I used to pray with another young man. Those three young men that I used to pray with. These were my, my prayer, uh, my, my, my intercessors. I used to bring them, and we would pray, we would intercede, we would talk to God about different things. Now, Anthony... Uh, when he got filled with the Spirit in those meetings, he was only a young man and he was one year younger than me. I was, I was 14 at that time. So this guy was 13 years old. Now let me say this. I have seen prophets and I have seen prophets. This young man was the most prophetic young man I have ever seen. I mean, I'm talking to you. I'm talking about prophetic, sharp prophetic. 
when he got filled with the Holy Spirit, God gave him the anointing and he opened his eyes. He was a seer. He would step into a room and if there was any angels in the room, he would see them and he could actually interact with them. He could talk to them. They would talk to him. He would see in the realm of the Spirit. If there was demonic things in the room, he would literally see everything that was in the room. That was how, that was the level of the seer grace that was on him. And anytime he, even in those days, if he wanted to talk to God, he would be caught up in the spirit and he would be taken to heaven and he would talk to Jesus in heaven in the upper room. Literally, he would close his eyes. He would begin to pray. He will open his eyes. When he opens his eyes, he was in the throne room. He was literally there in the presence of God. And he would talk to God and talk to Jesus about different things. I remember one time, uh, because when, when I started seeing how God was using him uh, and the anointing and the grace of God on his life, I'll never forget this. I remember there used to be a politician that used to hate the church in Nairobi. He used to fight the church, hate the church. And the one Sunday, we were praying together, me and my little group. And he got up and he said, Jesus has just told me that this politician, the Lord is going to judge them. And by this Thursday, he's going to be gone out of this world. And I remember writing that down. And so Monday came, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, he was in his office. He had a massive heart attack. By the time they got him to the hospital, hospital the guy was gone let me tell you that was the level of accuracy and prophetic this young guy had one Sunday, I remember my mom said to me and my dad, they said, listen, Jimmy, don't watch television. Go and study and do your assignments and your homework and do some studies. And so my mom got in the car, my dad got in the car, and they drove and they left and they went to a meeting. You know what I did? I went straight to the lounge and I turned on the telly and I started watching telly. Praise God. Later on that evening, Anthony came around and these other young men came around and uh, we were going, Peter came around and we were going to pray. And as soon as Anthony saw me, he said to me, you need to repent. Hallelujah. He said at 123, your parents said to you that they were leaving and they said you should study and do your assignment. At 127, they jumped in the car and they left. At 145, you went to the lounge, turned on the telly and you were watching this program. You are disobedient and God is not happy with you. I go down on my knee. I said, Lord, forgive me. <laughs> Hallelujah. I used to repent before I came around this young man. I was their leader, but let me tell you the level of prophetic that was on him. So every time we would have our prayer assignment, the way we would get our prayer assignment is that we will go into a place of prayer and we will intercede and we'll begin to pray and worship God. And Jesus, he would literally be caught up and Jesus would speak to him face to face. And Jesus would say to him, I want you to pray about this, this, this. He would give him the prayer list for us for that week, what we are going to pray for. Then he would come back and you say the Lord said we pray about this 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 and this and we wrote it down and we would write it down so I began to become very hungry when I saw the level of gifting this young man had how he could see in the realm of the spirit and he could interact with God I became hungry I became so hungry so one day I went into my prayer closet and I locked literally not not figuratively I used to pray in the closet 
I went into my closet and I shut the door and it was in my room. My room was shut, the door, and I went straight into the closet and I closed the door and I began to pray. And I remember saying, God, give me what Anthony has. I want to see. I want to be able to experience what is experiencing. I want to be able to open my eyes, Lord Jesus. And I'm praying. I'm telling you, I was praying till sweat was coming down my face. I prayed for an hour. I prayed for two hours. I prayed for three hours. After three hours, my voice was hoarse, and I could I just stopped praying, and I felt like, well, I think I prayed a breakthrough. After that, I remember two, three days later, I came to this place where we were praying together. And when we were praying together with this young man, he said to me, On Sunday, I was caught up in the spirit. I think it was on Sunday I was praying in my closet. He said to me, On Sunday, because we didn't get together to pray that we, that Sunday. We got together, I think it was maybe Wednesday or Thursday, because we, we used to pray together during the week. This is what he said to me. He said, on Sunday, I was in heaven, and I was walking with Jesus in this garden, beautiful garden. And I was talking to Jesus about, I was talking to Jesus about the nation, and the Lord was speaking to me about different things. And the Lord was giving him downloads. And then he said, all of a sudden, as we were walking, I heard your voice in heaven. And he said, I heard you say this, Jesus, let me see like Anthony said. Let me tell you, he repeated my entire prayer that I was praying in the closet. He said, Jesus hushed him and, say, and, and, and Jesus just listened to my prayer when they were walking. And then Jesus looked at him and he said to him, tell him I said no. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Why? Because I wasn't called to be a seer of that particular level at that time. Amen. And so he said, tell him I said no, but tell him that I will come and visit with him. Tell him to prepare himself because of his cry, the cry of his heart. I will come and I will visit with him. And so I remember I was in class. And let me tell you, when God decides to visit you, he doesn't give you, he doesn't follow timetable. He doesn't come at a time that is convenient. I was in class and I was doing an exam. This is the first visitation. I was in question. It was history, geography, history, and civics exam. I was in question number 38. I'm reading question number 38. There's 50 questions. And I'm reading that question. As I'm reading the question, there was, because we were all spaced out, there was a guy sweeping outside. You know, the janitor was just sweeping. The door was wide open because it was very hot. And he was just sweeping past the door. And I remember looking up, looking at him. All of a sudden, it felt like the room was spinning and I was standing beside a highway. When I say I was standing beside a highway, I was literally standing beside a highway. Not a vision or a picture. I was literally, I thought, how did I get here? That's why Paul said that a man 14 years ago, whether in the body or in the spirit, I don't know. That's how it felt to me. It felt like I physically was there, but I knew it was not physical. It was spiritual. Because my body was still in the classroom holding the pen with question number 38. 
I'm standing beside this highway on earth, not in heaven. And I'm seeing a bus coming. This bus goes past me very fast. It starts swerving and it flips and smashes into a tree. And then I walk and as I'm walking towards this bus, I can see people that are injured and I saw people that had died in that particular bus crash. I All of a sudden, as I'm seeing all these things, all this picture and this, this accident, all of a sudden it's like something started to, 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 to go like this, like, like twirling and, and I, I, I was back in my classroom and I remember starting to fall and as I was falling, I touched the boy that was sitting next to me and the power of God hit him and we both fell on the floor. Now, we both got in trouble because the teachers thought, we're in the middle of an exam, thought we were playing or marking around. But thank God he was saved. He knew. He said, what happened? I said, the power of God. I, I told him, listen, I saw something. I don't even know what I've just seen. So I went home. And when I got home, I started praying. I went into my prayer closet. I said, God, what is this I have seen, this accident? I said, God, please let this accident not happen. I started praying. That day was a Saturday. And I was praying. And I remember praying from morning to evening. Praying, God, let this accident not happen. Let this accident. Lord, I cancel this accident. Let those poor people not die. Let this accident not happen. I started, I prayed for till evening. By evening, I was exhausted. I never got any kind of indication that God had my prayer. Until about a month later, Anthony said to me, prepare yourself. The Lord is coming to visit you. That was the first open vision that I've ever seen. The second one, about a month later, we connected. And this is where I want you to, because this is going to bless your heart. It's going to really bless you. So I remember we, called, we came together to pray. This is the first time that this happened. We got together to pray. We were interceding. And I am a walker. I like to walk and pray. I, I pace up and down. I walk up and down. I like to pray walking up and down. Anthony was standing there praying. Peter was standing there praying. And I'm praying. I'm walking up and down. Now I know I have a promise that God is going to visit me. Jesus is going to visit me. But I don't know when. So I'm prepared and I'm prayerful. I know it can happen at any given time. As I'm walking, pacing up and down, up and down, when I turned like this, standing right there was Jesus Christ. And let Jesus is tall. I'm a short fella. Amen. I didn't realize how tall he was. He's about six foot tall. And I remember he was standing there. I was shocked because when I turned like this, he was standing right there. And he's tall. And I remember seeing his teeth. And I remember seeing his beard. He was wearing a white robe and a red thing around his waist. And I remember as he was looking at me, he was smiling and he reached out his hand like this towards me. As he reached out his hands towards me, I reached out to take his hand. I remember Anthony was standing there and he was looking at Jesus, looking at me and he was smiling. He was seeing everything that was happening. I took Jesus' hand and when he took Jesus' hand, he pulled me out of my body. Now, I did not know this was happening because if you ask me, I felt like it was body and all. God took me all the way with everything to heaven. But in reality, Anthony told me, when you, when you, when you held his hand, all of a sudden you were slain in the spirit. And we caught you and we put you down. And you were down there for an hour and a half. Out, completely like a light. But let me tell you what happened to me. When I held Jesus' hands, he 
grabbed me and he said, come up hither. And when he held my hand, we took off through the ceiling and we began to fly like Superman all the way up, just taking off upwards. When we got to the cloud level, we slowed down. And then we got to the cloud level, we stopped. It was Nairobi and it was at night. The way you would see on an aer- in an aeroplane when you look down at lights. I've never been on an aeroplane before, but that's what it looked like. But let me tell you, I was not just seen in the natural. I was seen in the spirit. Now, let me tell you what I saw. As I was looking down, I was seeing homes. And as I'm looking at different homes, I began to notice a dome of light over different homes. There will be a house and I will see a dome of light over that house. Then another dome of light over this house. Then you'll have one, two, three, four houses. There was nothing. Then another house, you'll see a dome of light. So I say to Jesus, Jesus, whose houses are those with with that dome of light? And Jesus said to me, those houses with the dome of light are the houses of my dear children. He said they love one another. They pray together. They forgive one another. Love and peace is in their midst. He said, because of that, my protection is over their home. And as I looked closer, I saw things that looked like ants initially. But as I looked closer, I saw demons that were around those houses, around those homes. They were trying to get into the houses, but they couldn't get into the houses because of the dome, the light that was over their homes. They were walking around in circles, almost like they were trying to find a way in, but they couldn't find a way in. And as I'm looking, I could see this beautiful light that was shining over these homes and the protection was complete. But the Lord said to me, these houses were the homes of the believers who love one another, who forgive one another, who pray and have allowed the peace of God to reign in their midst. Let me tell you church, it is important that we walk in forgiveness and we walk in that place of humility towards one another and we maintain that bond of peace because that's the way that bond or that protection can remain over our homes. I looked and when I looked, I saw another home. This time there was a dome of light over this house, but the light was coming on and off. It was coming on and off. It was going on and off. And and I looked and I said, Lord, what about that house? Why is that light? Why is the dome, the light coming on and off? And he said to me, that is also a house or a home that belong to one of my children. But he said, but they are fighting one another. They is discord and dissension in the home. There is conflict and there is unforgiveness and there is all kind of all kinds of stuff. And he said because of that, this light of protection is coming on and off and on and off. And as so, and as I looked, I saw demon spirits outside these homes, and they looked like they were holding rocks. And every time the light would go off, they would throw the rocks into the home. The light would come on, but every time it came on, it was diminished in brightness. It wasn't as bright as before. And every time they would throw rocks into the home fighting and fighting and conflict and conflict was getting worse. There was unforgiveness and they would throw these rocks and the rocks would come in and the light would come on and go off. Light would come on but every time it goes off it was just diminishing in brightness every single time. And when I saw that I started to feel this thing coming from Jesus. Let me tell you Jesus, you can feel him. 
You can literally feel him. Just like when you stand in front of a stove where you can feel the heat coming from a stove. I could feel his disappointment, his sadness, his grief in his heart because of those people. The believers that were not walking in love towards one another. I could feel he was grieved. He just looked and it felt like almost like tears were almost beginning to well up in his eyes. He was so sad. And so as I looked and I saw again another house, this time... This house had no light at all. And there were demons going in and out anytime they wanted. There was such darkness in those houses. And then I said, Lord, whose home is that? And he said, that home belongs to somebody that does not know me as Savior. As a matter of fact, some of them have been to witch doctors. And some of them have got covenants with the demonic. And as I was looking, demons had made habitation in some of those homes. And it was so dark. But at that time, when I looked at those houses, I began to realize that the demons that were in those homes were looking up at the sky and they could see Jesus. And I could see they were starting to become scared. They were scared. They were starting to look like they want to run, but they don't know where to run. They, be, they noticed him standing in the clouds. And, but Jesus didn't do anything about it. He just looked at me and he says, come with me. And when he said, come with me, we turned and I don't know how we traveled or how we got there. All of a sudden, I was in front of this door. I walked through this door and then I walked into this through this door I saw an, a huge room that I could not see the end of that room it was the most massive room you can imagine at one end of that room I saw something it looked like like steps and then a throne was on top of the of that particular room of, of that particular uh, stage Beside that throne, there was a door on the side. Jesus said, come with me. And as we were walking through this throne, through which what I would say is the throne room, I couldn't see the end of it. It was that huge. There was a room just next to it. So we walked through that room. And when we walked through that room, he said to me, I have a message that I want you to give to the church. Three messages that I want you to give to the body of Christ. When I walked into this room, let me tell you, I saw a screen like this. There was a curtain that was there on the wall. And Jesus said to me, I want you to see something. He pulled the curtain aside. And when he pulled the curtain aside, he looked the other way. He didn't want to see what was playing on the screen. Because it was a screen like a movie theater screen. He didn't want to see what was there. Ladies and gentlemen, it was the vision I saw of the car accident happening one month before. And when he pulled the curtain, that scene of that accident happened. And when the scene of the accident happened, amen. When the scene of the accident happened, uh, he said to me, I want to answer your query, your question. When you had been praying, asking, because you prayed for a whole day and you never knew whether God answered the prayer or not, whether that accident happened or not. He said, because of your prayer and intercession on that day, that accident was canceled. Come on, somebody. For one month, it bothered me. Did God hear my prayer? Did God answer my prayer? Did it make any difference? I did not know. I was saying, God, please help me to understand. You see, I never got a response until that time. And he said to me, the day that you prayed, God in heaven, Jesus had the prayer. And that accident was canceled. It was canceled. Then he said to me, I want you to teach my people about prayer. And this is what he said to me. I 
so he looked at the curtain and he pulled the curtain and he said, I want you to tell my people, number one, to pray for the sick, even the sick that they have not seen. Because many times it's easy for us to pray for the sick who are in front of us. But Jesus wants us to pray for the sick who are even in the hospital that we are not seeing. Come on, somebody. He said, my people walk by sight, but I've called them to walk by faith. He said, at every given time, I will move upon them and I will cause them to begin to intercede. This is what I want to do. Then he pulled the, the curtain. And when he pulled the curtain, I saw myself on the screen. There was a day I felt a burden to pray for people in the hospital. I went into my prayer closet and I began to pray. And let me tell you, a burden came upon me and I prayed. I began to pray for 45 minutes I prayed like a machine gun I was going and I'm, I mean it was heavy on me the Lord said this is what happened when you prayed on that day as he pulled the curtain I saw myself praying and then the scene changed I saw the hospital in the hospital I saw a little girl being pushed into emergency there was blood all over her it looked like she had been in an accident they were trying to resuscitate her then I saw a bright light coming like a wave and he said to me in the spirit realm prayer looks like a bright light like a wave the epicenter is where you are where you're praying it goes out in every direction when you begin to intercede as the lord leads you to intercede i saw this light come and it went through this child and let me tell you this child took a deep breath and began to almost wanting to sit up and they were trying to force her to lie down and the lord said because you prayed on that day i was able to rescue this child's life he said my my people are walking by sight. They are not walking by faith. He said they will only pray for people that are in front of them where they can see results. But he said, I want them to begin to pray for what I call them to pray for. And there are some results. You will only see them in heaven. Hallelujah. He said, I desire to heal my people more than just the altar and more than just the church. I desire to walk up and down the hospitals and bring those people into a place of wholeness. Let me tell you, we serve a Jesus who loves to heal the sick. Hallelujah. Even those who are not saved, those who don't know him, he loves to heal the sick. Then he said, I want you to see what happened next. And then I looked and I saw a man who was doing physio. He looked like he had had a spinal cord injury and he was trying to learn to walk. He was holding these two bars, trying, dragging his feet. The light went through him and all of a sudden his legs started getting strength and his face just lit up and it's amazing that he started to move and walk. Then I looked at another lady and she was also sick and the Lord touched her and healed her. And then something I saw that really broke my heart. I saw this ward where there were babies. And the Lord said, because of your prayer that day, when I came upon you and you yielded to my spirit, I was able to do this. And he showed me Jesus walking in this little nursery with tiny little babies. One baby, I remember there were all these babies lying there. He was walking and touching their little crib, their little crib, and it would light up. And then he would touch another crib, it would light up. Some of them were 
were crying and they would stop crying. Then I saw this little child who had burns all over their body. I don't know what happened to that baby, but he had terrible burns like hot water or something fell on this little baby with a tube down the nose. And Jesus reached down and picked this baby and held this baby. And you could see tears running down. And this child was crying in pain. And all of a sudden, the child stopped crying and started giggling and laughing. And it's like brand new skin came. And the Lord started to speed up the healing process. He said, tell my people. Hallelujah. He said, they walk by sight, but I've called them to walk by faith. He said, I've called them to walk by faith. Sometimes you may be called to pray for people that are not in front of you. You may never see the results until you get to heaven. But God wants us to be faithful, to pray for those whom we don't see as much as we are faithful to pray for those that we see. That is message number one. Then he said to me, I will, give, I will show you the second message. The second message, he pulled the, 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 pull, he pulled the, uh, the screen aside. And when he pulled the curtain aside, I saw myself praying again. This time, I was praying for souls to be saved. I was praying, Jesus, save those who are lost. Remember the Bible says, ask of me and I will give you what? The nations, the heathen for your inheritance. We can pray for the lost. How many of you know we are called to pray for? For the lost not just to pray for the sick we are called to pray for the lost one time the spirit of God came upon me and I began to pray for those who are lost those who are backslidden those who did not know Jesus and I was weeping before the Lord and so I saw myself on the screen praying at another time in my room and I was weeping for the lost and the Lord said because you prayed that day this is what happened the scene changed and I remember seeing a man walking home he was drunk like a skunk he was coming from a pub and he was staggering all over the place there was another man that was walking on the other way, coming the opposite way. He was wearing a nice suit, carrying a nice Bible, and he was walking. It looked like he had come from church or from a fellowship somewhere. The drunkard who was staggering all over the place walked past the believer. The believer said nothing to him. They just walked past each other. The drunkard kept going and the believer kept going. I saw this bright light coming, and when the bright light came, it went through the believer. The believer all of a sudden stopped and it's like compassion came upon his heart. He looked and he turned and he saw the drunkard walking. That light went and went through that drunkard and disarmed every argument that he had. Everything that he would have raised up to fight the, the decision to give his heart to the Lord was disarmed in him at that point in time. This believer who was walking home with compassion in his heart, he turned and he went after this guy. He came to him and he put his hand on his shoulder. He said, young man, can I talk to you for a moment? This guy stopped and he was just staggering all over the place. He said, I want you to know that Jesus Christ loves you. This guy just broke down and started crying. The believer broke down and started crying. He said, if you had not prayed that day, that sinner would never have been saved. He said, ask the Lord of the harvest to send the harvesters to bring and to win the souls. Hallelujah. The harvest is ripe, but the harvesters are few. The reason why there's not enough harvesters is because we, as the body of Christ, have not understood the importance of praying and asking God for souls. Hallelujah. 
How many of you know some people we may never be able to win, but if we pray for them, God will put people in their path who can bring them into the kingdom. Some of you, you've got family members who will never listen to you. The hardest people for me to win are my own family. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Sometimes you need to pray and say, God, I cannot reach them, but I'm praying that you will put somebody in their path who's going to be able to reach them. Glory be to God. And he said to me, I desire to give men Damascus experiences. There are those who are like Saul of Tarsus, whom even if you preach to them, they will not listen to you. They will not hear you preaching. You're preaching. They will not hear your three-point sermon. They will not hear your evangelism. They are stubborn, stubborn souls. Jesus said to me, if you pray, I myself will appear to them and I will turn the souls into Paul's. And he has done that. The entire Muslim world. Some of them are waking up. And Jesus has appeared to them in their dreams. Let me tell you, it's because somebody somewhere is saying, God, I cannot get a visa to go to Saudi Arabia. But you don't need a visa. I pray for the salvation of the people of Saudi Arabia. And let me tell you, God, who doesn't need a doorknob, doesn't need a visa, doesn't need an, a landing strip. Come on, somebody. He can show up there and get these people saved. There is a town in Morocco. There's a pastor, you can watch him on YouTube giving a testimony. There's a town in Morocco with about 3,000 or 300,000 people. These people in one night, everybody in the town, the same night, all went to sleep and had a dream of Jesus. They woke up and they began to talk to one another about this man that met them in the dream. And they began to realize that this one converted and this one converted. And you've got a whole town of people called Muhammad and Yusuf and all this. But they're all believers in Jesus Christ without even an evangelist. Hallelujah. He said, tell my people to pray for the lost. If you, they will pray for the lost, even if an evangelist cannot go, I will go. I will go. I will appear to them like I appeared to Saul of Tarsus. I will knock them off of their donkeys. I will knock them off of their stubbornness. I will knock them off of their arguments. And I will give them a new name. And out of the worst of them, something good is going to come. Because three quarters of the New Testament was in the in the life of that serial killer named Saul. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody say, help me to pray. Help me to pray. If we pray, Jesus will go before us. If we intercede, he will go before us. Let me tell you, there are people out there who are lost. There are people there out there who don't know Jesus. But if we pray, even in China and in some of those villages, you may never be able to get to those places. You may never be able to speak their languages. But let me tell you, Jesus himself will show up and he will be able to do miracles in those places. Hallelujah. There were some missionaries 
who had been praying for the Amazonians to come to know Jesus. They had been praying, saying, Jesus, Jesus, save those people in the Amazons. Save those, those guys who live in the bush that have no one to preach to them. And even going into some of those places, you could be killed. He said, Lord, save them. You know what the Lord said to them? He said to them, I want you to buy, to buy a ticket and go to South America to a particular park and wait for me there. Get an interpreter. So these missionaries, and I've got a book on revival that has got that story. This is a story that I actually read from this book because I collect books about revival. These missionaries flew to South America. They went and they got this interpreter who was going to interpret in that language. And they went to this park which was by the Amazon River. And they sat in that park the whole day till evening. Nothing. They went back to the hotel, came back again the next day, sat there from morning to evening with the interpreter. They were paying the interpreter daily. Nothing happened. The third day, they went back to that place and they sat by that by, in that park by that uh, Amazon River. And as they sat there on the third day, they could see in a distance a whole bunch of people in canoes with just loincloths. They were coming. They were coming. They were coming, roaring. And as they came to that particular park, they came and one of them jumped out and he said to this this interpreter. He says, three days ago, we were deep in the bush, in the forest. Men in white appeared to us in the bush and said, paddle three days from here they, and get to the park. There is somebody there that will tell you some words and your village will be transformed. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. These guys paddled for three days. Those missionaries sat there for three days. And they got to stand up and preach the gospel to those villagers. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And they were baptized. They got back in their canoes and paddled back upstream, back into the Amazon. But this time, they were carrying Jesus in their hearts. Hallelujah. Look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor, pray for the lost. Pray for the lost. Pray for the lost. Let me tell you, if, if we want to hasten the coming of Jesus, if we want to see souls being transformed, if we want to see souls changing, we need to start to come to that place and pray and God himself will go ahead of us. Hallelujah. And he will begin to bring those who are lost into the place of salvation. He will bring them into the place of salvation. Glory be to God. The third thing the Lord said to me in the vision. He said, this is the third thing. He pulled the curtain and again I saw myself praying. This time I was praying for protection. I was saying, God, I pray for protection. There was a time there was a horrible bus accident. Almost everybody in that bus died. Terrible, terrible bus crash. It really grieved my soul. So I went into my prayer closet and I began to pray against accidents and those black spots where accidents tend to happen a lot. I was praying and praying and praying and interceding. The Lord showed me a vision, the vision on the screen of me praying on that day. He said, tell my people to pray for protection. He said, many of my servants have been untimely removed from the earth through accidents, car accidents. They have been taken out of the earth uh, prematurely before their time because they did not understand the principle of praying for safety. 
He said, I want you to pray. And so I saw myself praying. And I was praying, God, we cancel every accident. I pray in the name of Jesus for safety and protection. All of a sudden, the picture on the screen disappeared. And I saw the street. And this time, I saw a guy riding a push bike on the side of the road. We don't have, we don't have sidewalks in Africa. Everybody is on the road. And so this guy is on the road, just on the side of the road. This truck was coming really fast. And it was going to run him over. All of a sudden, there was a bright light that appeared under the tires of the bicycle, lifted the bike up, moved him to the side, dropped him, and he almost lost balance when that happened. He had no idea how he moved from here to here. But the moment he was moved out of the way, the truck went boom past him, and it would have crushed him and killed him. The Lord said to me, because you prayed, that man went home that day. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He said, tell my people to pray for safety, to pray for protection. He said, many of my children, many of my servants have prematurely left the earth because they did not ask me to protect them and to cover them so that they will be protected on the roads or whether it's on the airplanes or whatever they are doing. Then he said, I want you to see something else. The next thing he showed me, he showed me a vehicle. This vehicle was a Range Rover. I will never forget, it was a Range Rover. It was going at a very high rate of speed and then he started swerving, swerving, swerving and then flipped and started rolling and flying and rolling and then wrapped itself around a tree. When I looked at that crash I said there is no way anybody can walk out of that. There is no way anybody can survive that. The Lord said to me, watch. And as I watched, I saw these people starting to come out of their windows. They were shattered. They were crawling out. And when they stood up, they looked at themselves and they had not even a scratch on their bodies. He said, some accidents will happen. But because you have prayed, I have put my hand over them so that they will not even have a scratch on their bodies. Hallelujah. These people were shocked. People ran to that accident scene and they were looking and they could not understand. How is it that you guys crawled out of that car and you have no scratch on you? Surely God must have been working on you. How many of you know God wants to protect his inheritance? Let me tell you, when your children are going out, you better cover them with the blood of Jesus. When your family is, oh, you're about to travel and get in a car, don't just assume and presume, but you pray and you cover that car with the blood of Jesus. And you say, Lord, I thank you for the angelic protection who are going ahead of us and behind us and around us. And we are protected in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. You don't need to die in a car wreck. Hallelujah. You don't need to die in a plane crash. For your sake, God can preserve that vehicle. For your sake, he can preserve that aeroplane. You don't need to go before your time. But invite Jesus to travel with you, to cover you, to protect you. He said, I will show you something else. Again, I saw on the screen and I saw a road. And I saw one car coming and another car coming. And this time it looks like they were about to hit each other head on. All of a sudden, I saw an angel appear. Right where the accident would have happened, the head on would have happened. And one car went this side of the angel. And the other car went this side of the angel. And the missed each other and they didn't have a head-on collusion. He said, because of your prayers, I am covering my people and I will protect them. Hallelujah. Then Jesus said to me, he said, come with me. There is something that I want to show you. 
Then he took my hand and we walked out through a different door. And this time we appeared outside a garden. We started walking. And let me tell you, people of God, I have never seen green grass like that. I am telling you the grass in heaven is better than any golf course you have ever seen. It had a, a green that I've never seen. It was almost like bright. There was no shadow anywhere. Everything looked perfect. There was no one dry blade of grass anywhere. Everything looked manicured, manicured and perfect. And I remember I'm walking with Jesus and as I'm walking with Jesus, I looked and I saw a little blonde little boy. He was playing with this animal. I don't know if it was a lion or what it was. He was wrestling with it and it was wrestling with him. It could have been a big lab, lab or some, some sort of an animal. But he was laughing and laughing. And I'm looking at this little boy with blonde hair playing with this, with this, with this animal and Jesus was looking at what I was looking and he shook his head and I remember feeling his sadness and this is what he said. He said that one story is very sad. I don't know why that child was in heaven. I don't know what happened. But whatever it is, I knew it was a very sad thing that it grieved his heart. But I looked at that child and that child was praising. He was happy. He was whole. He was doing well. Jesus never told me who he was or why he was in heaven. But I just noticed and he told me that. And I remember continuing to walk with him. And as I'm walking with him, we came out of this garden. And as we were coming out of this garden, I remember hearing a bell. Ding, ding, ding. And when the bell started ringing like a school bell but a very loud bell. I saw people who are working, these guys with white robes and white garments. They were different, doing different things. It's like everybody was busy doing things. And when this bell rang, they stopped everything. They started jumping. Woo! Woo! They were just rejoicing. And then I looked at all these people. The angels were flapping their wings. Some of them were, they were twirling and waving branches everywhere. Almost for a second and then they subsided and then they would get back to doing different things. The bell will ring. Then they will start jumping again. I said, Lord, what does that bell mean? He said, every time somebody gets saved on earth, there is great joy in heaven. There is great joy in heaven. I said, there is great joy in heaven. It is literal. This is not just a scripture. Literally, they rejoice and praise God every time that bell is rung. There is an angel whose job is to make sure every time a name appears in the book of life, he rings that bell and the people start to rejoice. Hallelujah. Let me tell you, those of you who have lost loved ones, don't cry for them. They are in an absolute beautiful, wonderful, wonderful place. When I, what I saw there, and I was, I did, was, I only saw a very small section. I knew beyond certain directions, there were, there were cities that I could not see. I could see mountains and rivers and, and meadows, and it was just absolutely amazing. I have never seen such landscape full of light. It looked like sunrise and sunset and all mixed up, and yet there was no sun in the sky. Hallelujah. Everything was bright. The sky was blue. Praise God. But I didn't see any sun. And I believe Jesus is the light of that place. The light emanated from him and it was everywhere. And we were walking. 
As we were walking, I remember looking down and your eyes can zoom in things. As I was looking down, I saw this table being set. Massive long table. I couldn't see the end of the table. But it was being set. I saw plates and forks and knives being set on the table. It's like they were putting the finishing touches. I said, Lord, what is that? He said, that is the marriage supper of the Lamb. He said, they are putting their finishing touches. I am about to come back soon. I am returning soon. How many of you know Jesus is coming back? I said Jesus is coming back. I said Jesus is coming back. Amen. He's not coming back as a lamb. He's coming back as a lion. The lion of the tribe of Judah. Glory be to God. Now let me tell you, the table is set. I was seeing them putting their finishing touches. And I knew when, when he told me it is the marriage supper of the Lamb, I knew that we did not have much time. That Jesus, the second coming of Christ, was imminent. It was just about to happen. And then I asked Jesus one of the dumbest questions you can ever ask. I said to Jesus, Jesus, when are you coming back? Amen. How many of you would like to know what he said to me? He said, I don't know. The Bible says no one knows the day or the hour. Not even the son of man. When he said this to me, I thought to myself. Because I didn't say anything. I thought it. I thought, how can God not know? You are God. You know everything. How can God not know? He stopped walking and he turned to me and he looked at me and he said to me, and let me tell you, church, I don't know how to express what he did next. He said, I want to be one with my people. He said, I want to be one with my people. When he said, I want to be one with my people, this is the picture that came to my mind. It's like you hugging someone, but hugging them tight was not close enough. You hug them so tight that they began to, to be molded and meshed into you. You hug them till they, they go on the inside of you. Where they, you can't tell where one person starts and another one finishes. When he said, I want to be one with my people. I, I got the sense that Jesus wanted to share a hundred percent of him with a hundred percent of us. And then he said to me, if I knew the day that I was going to come, that part of me that knows that, I would have had to not share that part of me with my people. He said, I have deliberately with, kept that information from myself so that there is no part of me that will be hidden from my people. He said, I want to be one with my people. And when he said that, he felt like he wanted to hug us and pull us right into him. I don't know how to explain it. It was not like being, you being next to me or me holding you. It was a yearning that has no words. He said, if I knew when I was coming, I will not be able to share myself completely with everybody. That part of me that had that knowledge will be out of bounds for my people. But he said, I want to share everything. Everything about me with my people. 
Let me tell you, Jesus yearns to be one with us. He yearns to be one with us. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, he wants to come into you and you into him. He wants to be one with us. Hallelujah. I don't know how else. English, there's no English language to explain what I, when he told me that, I was filled with this feeling that I did not know how to express it. It almost feels you like you're losing your breath. That's how tight he wants to hold you. Then Jesus said to me, he said, I have called you and I'm anointing you for these end times. He said, there's a revival that is coming. He said, there's a move of God that is coming. He said, I, you will be a part of that visitation. He said, I'm going to anoint you and I'm raising you up and I'm raising others up for this end time revival. And when he said that, I saw a scroll appear in front of me and it started going from just going over and over flapping flapping it's like pages and as I'm looking I am seeing stadiums filled with people crawling upon the name of Jesus I'm seeing stadiums people were going I mean there was more people outside than inside they were crying to Jesus they were crying out to God as the pages were run, turning I was saw people who looked like Papua New Guineans I did not know who they were back then because I never met once, but I saw their funny hair and the kind of brownish hair and I remember seeing them and it was like pages were turning. I was seeing different cities. People were gathering everywhere to call upon the name of Jesus. They were gathering everywhere to press into God. He said that the revival is coming and he says revival has been designed by God to prepare the church for the coming harvest, for the harvest, the harvest, the harvest. Hallelujah. I'm going to close with this. That's wonderful. Hallelujah. Let me tell you, I saw the power of God. When I looked at those scrolls, I saw people walking to hospitals. Kids, young kids that look like, like 12 years old. They were walking to hospitals, putting their hands on the walls. And everybody in the hospital were getting healed. I saw miracles like you could not believe. I saw a meeting where a man with no legs came. And this man of God pointed. And the man rose up and the legs grew out. And the pages were turning. And God was saying to me that the glory of the latter house shall be greater than the former. He said, I'm about to pour my spirit upon all flesh. And he said to me, nothing prepares people for the second coming of Christ like revival. He said, revival causes people to begin to yearn and to hunger for his presence. He said, nothing prepares people for the coming of Jesus like revival. He said, I'm about to send a revival that will begin to cause those who are not ready, those who are not ripe to be ripened. And this is what he said. He said, my people are preached that I'm going to sneak up on them and leave them on the vine. He said, that is not my heart. He said, no farmer gets up in the morning to sneak up on his paddock so he can catch the fruit green so he can leave it there. Every farmer wants to receive the maximum amount of harvest that they can possibly receive. Why? Because of the investment that they have put in the paddock. 
And let me tell you, the investment was the blood of Jesus. The investment was the life of the Son of God. Let me tell you, he would not send his son to die for you and me just so he can sneak in and cut you in your sin so he can leave you behind. That is not God's heart. He said, I'm going to send a move of God. And when the maximum number of people possible are ready, so that if I waited one moment, somebody somewhere will backslide and it will be minus one. When he said, when the maximum number of people are ready, the father will speak and he will say, go now. And the trumpets will sound. And he said, I will come for my harvest. He said, tell my people, I am coming back soon. He said, walk while it is day, for nighttime cometh when no man can walk. He said, there's a window where the preaching of the gospel will be easy. And when he said that, I saw a, a, the, the scrolls turn and I saw persecution around the world. I saw persecution all over the world. I saw people chained, believers, in a place where they were restricted. They couldn't preach the gospel. And he said to me, work while it is day, for night time cometh when no man can work. He said, I am giving you a window of opportunity. Run with endurance the race that is set before you. He said, I'm putting my hand upon you and I'm anointing you. He said, everywhere you go, tell my people that I am raising them up to be an end time army that will take back the territories that the enemy has stolen. I'm raising up God's victorious army there's an army that God is raising up right now. Let me tell you when Jesus said this to me. He reached out his hand and he put his hand on my head. And I started feeling electricity going through me. And he said, I am giving you the gift to preach. Everywhere you go, you will preach my word. I am giving you the ability to speak my word. He said, that fire shall be upon you. He said, the second thing I'm giving you is the gift of healing. He said, I will give you this gift. And this gift will operate in your ministry. When you pray for the sick, I will answer. And I will heal the sick. And and then he said later on in your life, in your ministry, if you're faithful, other gifts will begin to work in your life. He said, be faithful for the time is short. He put his hand on my head. And as he put his hands on my head, the feeling that you get when you're about to be slain in the spirit, that's the feeling I got. I felt like I was falling backwards. And when I was falling backwards, I opened my eyes and I was lying in the floor in the room where we were praying. Anthony was there praying. The other ones were praying there. And I opened my eyes and I began to weep. I said, Jesus, I don't want to be here. I want to go to heaven. Let me tell you, for three days, I cried. I said, God, I don't want to be in this world. There is no way you can see heaven. And heaven touch you. And you still have an appetite for this world. I, I got to a place I was depressed. I said, God, I want to go. Let me go. Let me just come to heaven. And after three days, God did something. And it's like he, he switched something off of me. That desire to leave this earth and be with the Lord was turned off. And it's like I had a desire to still be here and to fulfill that assignment. Let me tell you, church, I have prayed. I've said, God, give me another experience like that. I've never had one. I was 14 years old when that happened. And let me tell you, God 
is calling his church right now to that place not just of intercession and prayer, but let me tell you, there is a move of God that is coming. There's a supernatural move of God. And I believe there's a worldwide revival that is coming. A worldwide move of God. It's not just going to be in America. It's not just going to be in the UK. It's going to be simultaneously around the world to prepare the people of God for the harvest. Oh, I want us to pray for the lost right now. I just feel a burden in my spirit. If you if you got loved ones, family members that don't know Jesus, come on. You don't get up right now and begin to pray and say, God, I don't want to go to heaven by myself. I need to go to heaven with these people. Begin to call upon the name of the Lord. Pray for them right now. Begin to pray for them. Begin to pray for them. Lord, I may not be able to preach for them because of familiarity. I may not be able to share Jesus with them. But God said, Send somebody, send somebody, send somebody. Lord, let grandma get saved. Let grandpa get saved. Let my brother be saved. Let my sister be saved. Let Michael be saved. Let John be saved. Let Peter be saved. Let Brandon be saved. Come on, begin to pray right now for your children. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. The promise is unto you, unto your children, unto your children's children, unto those who are afar off. The promise is unto you. Begin to pray right now. God, save my home. Save my family. Save my family. God, give us a burden. Break our hearts for what breaks yours. Help us to weep like you weep. Help us to hurt like you hurt. In the name of Jesus. He said, ask of me and I will give you the nations. I will give you the heathen for your inheritance. When you finish with your household, begin to pray for your neighborhood. Begin to pray for your neighbor. Begin to pray for the house across the street. Begin to pray for the neighbor beside you. Oh God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. Oh, we pray for their salvation. We pray for their salvation. Lord, we don't want to have that regret that we will all have in heaven that we did not pray. Jesus! Jesus! Save their souls, Lord. Save our families, Lord. Save our moms. Save our dads. Jesus! Save our brothers and sisters. Save our aunties and uncles. We call upon your name, Jesus. Give them Damascus experiences. Appear to them in their dreams. Give them visions and visitations. Bring them into a place of salvation. Oh, we press in, we press in. We press in the God. Oh, Shandara Baba Baba Baba. Father, give us a heart for souls. Give us a heart for souls. 
Forgive us for being so calloused. Forgive us for being so hardened. Forgive us for not caring. Give us a heart for souls, Jesus. Help us see them the way you see them, Jesus. Oh, transform us, O Lord. Oh, the power of God is in this place right now. The Lord is releasing his power. He's releasing his presence. He is looking for a bride. He's looking for a people that are ready to bring in the harvest. That are ready to bring in the harvest. That are ready to bring in the harvest. To give him the reward of his suffering which is souls. Help us to bring to you, Jesus, the reward of your suffering, which is souls, 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 souls. Let me tell you, if you were the only person on earth, Jesus would have still made the trip to die for you because you are worth it. You are worth it. Oh, Jesus, we cry upon your name. Give us a heart to pray, to intercede. Give us a heart to pray, to intercede. Lord, help us not walk just by sight. Help us from today to walk by faith. We may never see results this side of eternity, but help us to pray like the results are right in front of us. Give us the ability to commit, to commit to pray, to intercede for our nation, to intercede for our city, to intercede. Give us the ability to intercede in the name of Jesus. Come on, ask the Lord to birth in you right now. The spirit of intercession, the spirit of intercession, the spirit of intercession. To birth in the realm of the spirit. Oh God, give us the spirit of intercession. Give us the spirit of intercession. That we may call upon your name. That we may press into you, Jesus. That we may press into you, Jesus. We may press. We may press. We may press into you, Jesus. There is mantles being released here tonight. There are gifts of the Spirit being stirred up here tonight. He is giving us supernatural equipment to bring in the harvest. Just like a farmer may give you gambles and may give you that you need to work in the paddock God is releasing supernatural equipment right now for those who are willing to go and bring in the harvest those who are saying God I need equipment give me the equipment I need so that I may bring in the harvest there are gifts that have been released right now mantles 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 that have been released right now there are soul winner mantles in this place. There are soul winners mantles in this place. Oh, shara ma 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 sandere bekeze telebrande kezede. Eshando robo kosi kini brande na basate. 
If you feel you're called to be a soul winner or you're called to be an intercessor, I want you to come to the altar right now. Run right now. Come, 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 come. If you don't know Jesus as Savior, if you are not born again, if you have never given your heart to Jesus, I want to give you this opportunity. I know there are people right now who are watching from home. Jesus wants to save your soul. He wants to transform you. He wants to give you a new beginning. If you're watching this online and you don't know Jesus as Savior, if you're watching this on YouTube, you don't know Jesus as Savior, there's information on the screen. We're going to give you an opportunity to give your heart to the Lord right now. If you're here, I don't want to assume everybody is saved. But if you're here, if you die today, God forbid. But if you die today, you're not 100% sure you're going to make it to heaven. Lift up your hand right where you are. We're going to make sure. Just in case there are people in this place that don't have what we call the assurance of salvation. If you die today, God forbid. But if you die today, you are, if you're not 100% sure, you're going to meet Jesus. You're going to make it to heaven. Lift up your hand right now. Right up. Right up. God bless you, sister, for that hand. Anyone else that wants to join my sister? Anyone else that needs the assurance of salvation? The assurance of salvation. Anyone else that would like to join her? Anyone else? If they, God bless you, my brother for your hand god bless you for your hand if there's anyone else watching this and you've got your hand up right now we're gonna believe god for people to give their heart to the lord to be saved uh tonight i wanted to say this simple prayer it's just an invitation say lord jesus let's all say it together in concert in support of them say lord jesus i am a sinner i come to you and i ask you to forgive me of all my sins I am sorry for everything I have done thank you for dying for me on the cross thank you for raising from the dead I believe you're coming back again save my soul write my name in the book of life I cannot save myself but I ask you to save me I ask you to rescue me and from today I thank you that you have come into my heart I thank you that I am born again and because you died for me help me live for you all the days of my life in Jesus' mighty name. Somebody shout amen. amen. Come on, give God praise. Let's join the saints in heaven. Come on, the bells are ringing right there. Hallelujah. Glory be to God.